Hey everybody, you are listening to the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host Mackenzie and I'm pumped that you're here. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. And if you are a regular listener, then I just have to say I'm back and pardon my two-month hiatus. Thank you for sticking with me through it. I've been figuring out how to do life again now that I'm a mom with a job trying to do all the things. Now, if you don't follow me over on Instagram or Facebook, please make sure you do so so that you can stay up to date because I still post on there and that's where I post a lot of announcements about things. So make sure you're following me on social media at The Heartfelt Hippie. The links to my accounts are in the show notes along with all the other information for the episode you're listening to today. So I've done a lot of planning over the past few months. I'm back on a monthly schedule and I have a ton of great content to share with you coming up for this year. Does anybody else follow the school calendar rather than an actual yearly calendar or is that just me? Today I'm sharing my conversation with Stephanie from Free the Bunnies. Stephanie is a very busy working woman who has a full-time job as a chemical engineer but decided to on the side do something about a topic she was really passionate about. Stephanie started a blog that focuses on helping people to live cruelty-free lives. Some of you might not know what I mean when I say cruelty-free, but you're going to learn in this episode. A lot of times when people refer to cruelty-free, they think of beauty products. And so I just want to say, if you are listening and you think maybe this episode isn't for you, you're thinking, I don't wear makeup, or I don't use a lot of skincare products, or I'm a guy, where do I even fit into this topic? Just trust me and listen because you will hear how this conversation still affects you. You're going to learn a ton from Stephanie and I know you're really going to enjoy it. So give it a listen, check out the show notes and look at her blog as well. And then also don't forget to leave a rating or review for the show because it really helps other people to find these important conversations. And while you're over there, make sure to hit subscribe so that you can get all the latest episodes straight to your downloads. Okay, now that we are back in action, here is my conversation with Stephanie. All right. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so pumped to chat with you. Can you just start with introducing yourself for everybody? Sure. So I'm Stephanie. I am the creator of Free the Bunnies, which is one of the top cruelty-free resources available online today at www.freethebunnies.com. And I basically started that to have a cruelty-free resource for myself and for others who are looking for the same things as I am in cruelty-free beauty and lifestyle. Um, it all kind of started when I became vegetarian six years ago. Now I eat vegan most of the time. Uh, I've lived in the Midwest my entire life growing up in Michigan, and I moved to Wisconsin a few years ago. So you can just kind of imagine how eating vegan in the dairy state is yeah. like. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's not the most popular vegan area, I would say. Right. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I try to eat vegan as much as I can. And I'm just always looking out for animal rights and trying to do the best that I can. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I can I can kind of relate to you a little bit because I grew up on the West Coast and my mom was a vegetarian. And so I was a vegetarian for much of my life. And then I moved to the Midwest um, and I was there for six years, I think. And the year I moved there, I was like, I guess I'm not a vegetarian anymore because it's like it felt so hard to be a vegetarian there. So yeah, I understand. But I'm trying to go back to plant based. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely difficult. Um, it's not as accepting, I think, if that's a good way to put it, just because I don't think that many people yeah. are as aware of it. 
And it's kind of right. harder to educate people in the Midwest because people from the Midwest like to hunt and go fishing and uh, have all of these mm-hmm. outdoorsy activities. And it's not like you've got the big cities like Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, those areas definitely have options. But and outside of that, it's it can be tough, but, you know, it's it's still possible, which is good. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, more power to you. Well, I, I think that's really cool because I didn't really know that you had this online resource. Too. I totally thought it was, like, all just on your social media. Like, that's what, how you educated people. I didn't even realize you had the whole website. So that's awesome. I'm excited to check that out. Yeah, so the website has cruelty-free shopping guides for various stores like Ulta, Sephora, Target, Walmart, um, et cetera, like drugstores and things like that. And then lots and lots of brands lists, like cr- okay. brands that make cruelty-free setting powders and foundations and blushes and mascaras and things like that. So there's a lot of good content on there to help yeah. people create this cruelty-free lifestyle that they really want. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I am 25 years old. <laughs> oh, okay. We're very close. I'm 26. So is this like your full-time gig right now or do you do other stuff on top of this i have a full-time job i am a chemical engineer oh wow and um so i moved to wisconsin after i graduated college because a job someone hired me out here Uh and i work full-time as an engineer and i picked up blogging about a year ago okay just kind of thinking about having a hobby you know i just wanted to have a hobby outside of work, something sure. that I could just do on my per- on my own time and have something to do that's fun and yeah. something that I'm passionate about, you know? Yeah, totally. So I kind of try to balance blogging with work and having a social life and things like that. So I've got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. And I feel like what you do for work sort of ties into like talking about, you know, what's in our makeup and what's in our cosmetic problems products so that's kind of cool okay so you grew up in the midwest and like you were saying not a lot of people that care about probably like animal cruelty or anything like that so how did you personally become interested in that topic I think it happened for me about a couple years ago like I kind of said already um just thinking about what I'm passionate about and why I care for animals being a vegetarian slash vegan and just trying to figure out like what can I like we're in the millennial generation where we feel sometimes I feel like a lot of us feel like we need to give something to the world like we're here on this earth for a purpose Mm -hmm. and so that was me a couple years ago just trying to figure out what's my purpose on this on this earth what's what am I here to do to better the world and make it better than make the world a better place when I leave better than it was when I was not here, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that <laughs> um, totally makes sense. Yeah, so I wanted to figure out what I could do to make the world a better place and leave it a better place. Mm-hmm. So I felt pretty established in my eating lifestyle and thinking about what I'm truly passionate about, it kind of just clicked for me that – Animals are being exploited in other industries as well, not just the food industry. Mm-hmm. They're being exploited mm-hmm. in beauty and cosmetics, in fashion, etc. It's just mm-hmm. everywhere. And since that day, that's when I decided that I need to transition my entire life to living cruelty-free. 
in everything I buy, not just food. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I became passionate about educating myself on what animal testing and animal cruelty is really like and how to better my lifestyle and be cruelty free. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. Good for you. I definitely admire like that you, I, I don't know, like probably didn't even really have free time, but you were like, let me do something on the side that isn't just fun, but is making an impact. Cause I I'm kind of in the same boat where I work full time and then, but I was passionate about a lot of other things besides what I was doing at my job. So I was like, okay, what can I do with these passions? But like, I don't know. It, I'm like, this could be a full-time job in and of itself. So I definitely <laughs> respect what you do too. Cause I'm sure some days it feels like, oh my gosh, I need more time in the day to do all this. Yeah. But that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. I mean, if it was up to me, I would have a full-time job educating people on cruelty-free beauty and lifestyle because there is right. so much that you could do to where it could take up eight hours a day for however long you work and it does sometimes feel like it's a second full-time job but it's definitely worth it I love seeing all of the change that's been happening around cruelty-free beauty and I love when I get messages Mm -hmm. saying like thank you so much for speaking out about this I'm working on going cruelty-free and they're asking for advice that just it makes it so worth it and it makes me feel like I really am making an impact yeah that's amazing so so cool So, okay, so some people might not entirely be familiar with cruelty-free or, you know, talking about animal cruelty. I have interviewed a couple guests on, like, veganism and that kind of stuff. So we've talked a little bit about, like, how you said animal abuse in those areas, but not so much in this area of the cosmetic industry. So how would you kind of define this issue for everybody, like, especially when you hear animal testing? I feel like people have a picture in their heads of what that looks like maybe, but I don't know. What do what do like the practices today look like? For my understanding of it and what I've researched, animal testing occurs in certain laboratories and they're all over the globe. Mm-hmm. Animals, so what happens in these laboratories is that animals are confined in small cages because there are a lot of animals in there. And I mean, realistically, they're not concerned about the animal's well-being. They're concerned about having as many test subjects as they can. So they're usually confined in very small cages. They're not handled very nicely. And when they are needed for testing, their heads get locked in a device where they can't move and they're all lined up in a row. I've seen pictures like that. And then the lab technicians or who's conducting the testing on the animals can inject rub, spray, make them ingest anything into the animal's eyes, on their fur, or in their mouths. This could be anything from chemicals, dyes, perfumes, any ingredients that haven't been proven cruel or haven't been proven safe yet. Just anything that we as consumers could end up ingesting or getting into our bloodstream when we use the actual product. They force it into the animal's bloodstream to see what side effects happen. So, okay, so a couple of questions with that. So one, you said it's all over the globe. Like, um, that means happening in the U.S. as well as, like, less developed countries. Like, is that accurate? I'm not sure exactly where these research labs are located, but I do know that they're not, like, 
China gets a lot of backlash about cruelty-free and about animal testing, but I know that they're just not in China. I mean, there are even other countries who still test on animals, and I do believe that there are some in the U.S. They're just, I think that they're scattered everywhere, wherever animal testing occurs. I mean, there are even some Mm U.S.-based cosmetic companies that test on animals, not just where it's required by law. They have animal testing labs for themselves in the U.S. as well. Um, There's also university campus facilities might have them. Just any place that does cosmetic research could have them. It's, It's kind of just an everywhere kind of thing. And yeah, I don't know the specifics on where exactly there are some, but I do know like in if you're asking for like specific states or anything like that, I'm not sure, but I do know that it does it does happen. There are animal testing labs everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Now, is it it's no longer um required by law in some European countries, is that right? Yes. So, Europe completely banned animal testing. I want to say it was in 2013. Okay right around that area. But yeah, so what I'm finding is that many, if not all European-based cosmetics and skincare brands, I believe that they are all cruelty-free under that regulation, Mm -hmm. unless they sell in countries where required by law. Right. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. And that's, that's just kind of important to know, I feel like, because, yeah, if it's a European brand, you can just know, like, oh, yeah, this was, you know, this is a brand from England, like they don't test on animals. But whereas if it's like something that's made in China, I know it's required by law in China still to test on animals, right? Right, yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily say that, oh, this brand is European-based, so they're cruelty-free, because that still might not be the case. The brand itself could not be testing on animals. However, they still could be selling in countries where animal testing is required by law. Uh, so, okay. it's so like not, if your products are sold in China or something? Right, yeah. So okay. the way that the China laws work is that if you're importing cosmetics into China to be sold in mainland China, Hong Kong is an exception to this law. But if it's sold and imported into mainland China, then the products are are required to undergo pre-market animal testing. Okay. So that's definitely not good. <laughs> um, any So yeah. any brand that's imported into China, it's not cruelty-free. Um, some brands have tried to work their way around this by making the actual product in China. Okay. So that way it's not technically imported. Um, so if the product is made in China, it does not undergo that pre-market animal testing requirement. However, the product is still subject to animal testing if there's a consumer complaint after it hits the shelves. Gotcha. Okay. So this is why resources like the ones you provide are just like my go-to because like it, it can get so complicated. So I just like somebody to tell me like this brand is fine to buy from and this brand is not. Right. Yeah. It's, it gets so complicated. And then it's also kind of hard to keep up with the laws because on a positive note, China is actively changing their animal testing laws and that's great news. And we still have a long way to go, but it definitely gets confusing when these small little changes happen and you're like, wait, so what does this mean? Does this mean that China's cruelty free now? Sure. 
no, but okay, so what does this actually mean then? So yeah, I, I do have it spelled out on a blog post on my website that explains the Chinese animal testing requirements and all the laws that go into selling cosmetics in China. For anyone that has any confusion on that, they can definitely check okay. that out. Okay, cool. That's good to know. And then um, in the U.S., is it that it's not banned like it is in Europe, but it's not it's not required by law like it is in China? Is that right? Yeah, America doesn't have any animal testing requirements. Um, there are some fine lines of I know that some products do have to have undergo animal testing or some kind of testing if it's not proven to be safe yet. Mm -hmm. But I know that the U.S. is actively working on finding alternative methods. And I think that for the most part, we have found them and we're using them, like microbial testing and things like that. I don't think that animal testing is very prominent in the U.S. anymore, especially with California completely banning cosmetics being sold that have been tested on animals. Okay. Which hopefully more states do that because that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then I also wanted to ask along with like, you know, kind of thinking about what the current practices look like, which in and of itself is like just hard to hear and nobody really likes talking about this or thinking about it. But I think, I think it's important to do that to kind of like shed light on why this problem matters. But what do you know like what types of animals are tested on because I think a lot of people might picture like lab rats or something which is not incorrect but it's like that might not make people feel as like I don't know I feel like some people might be like well who cares about rats like you know what I mean right yeah so unfortunately there are a wide range of animals that get tested on for cosmetics it can be rats however it is mostly rabbits, mice, cat, and it even goes up to cats, dogs, monkeys, frogs. The range is fairly huge, even fish. Um, just so many different types of animals can be used for cosmetics testing. It's insane, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, I believe that in most laboratories, it is mostly bunnies and small fur animals. But yeah, I mean, even cats and dogs can be tested. And that's where it kind of goes without saying, like, if you're a pet owner, would you really want that to happen to your dog or your cat? Right. Because that's what's happening to real animals out there. Yeah, for sure. So what would you say is like, like if you were trying to tell someone why animal testing is a problem, I mean, just describing the practice and like it is, you know, harsh enough, but why would you say it's an issue? Like, because some people might think like, well, yeah, that's, you know, that sucks, but like they have to make sure products are safe for us. Like, what would you say to that? I would say that it's been proven that animals aren't necessary to prove that a product or ingredient is safe for us. Animals don't always react to chemicals or contaminants the same way that we do. And that's been proven. Mm -hmm. Many animal testing results have even come back inconclusive or false. Mm -hmm. And with the technology that we have today, there are other simulated tests that give us better human reaction results. And also, I mean, there's really nothing better than using human volunteers. If a volunteer wants to test out a new moisturizer or a new mascara, then 
that's going to give you the absolute best results because you're using the direct consumer in the testing. Mm -hmm. So there are just a lot more alternative methods that we could be using instead of animals. I think that animal testing has just been the go-to because that's what we started with and what was easiest and what was achievable with the technology that we had when we came up with the idea. Mm -hmm. But I think that I mean, it's it's 2019. There are a lot better ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I I had read similar things, just that, like, for one, we have, I mean, like, think of the technology we have, like, with computers nowadays. Like, there are ways to test products without doing it on animals, and animals aren't even as reliable because, like you said, like, they, they have different genetic makeups. Like, what is going to tell exactly. how, that how they react is how we'll react. So I've thought of that too. And then I also always think too, like, because if you, like how you were describing the animal testing practices of like, you know, putting stuff in their mouth and on like in their eyes and, you know, it's, it's like for cosmetics, especially, I feel like they test the products in ways that we would never use them. Like, like, I don't know, like nobody's going to drink hairspray. And if you do, you should probably know that that's not going to go well. Like, do we really have to put that down an animal's throat to tell us that? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely a very good point. We're not going to drink a half a bottle of hairspray or we're not going to, you know, spray it all in our eyes. But I think that the reason that Mm -hmm. they do that is because, I mean, if we're using the product, I mean, I think we can only test to this. We've gotten stuff in our eyes. We've injected, like, we've gotten stuff in our mouths. Mm-hmm. We've poked our eyes with our mascara ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it does enter our bloodstream, but you're right. I don't think that it's to the effect that they make the animals do. Yeah. I think that that's just more on a larger scale to see, okay, let's give them an ounce of this to see what the reaction is and what a safe amount to ingest or inhale would be, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. And I think that kind of goes into why clean beauty also is really important, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, I think it's interesting because it's like, it does seem really unnecessary of ways that, you know, businesses are trying to cover themselves and protect themselves more so than like maybe even the consumers. So I don't know. I think that's that's kind of interesting. What would you say to someone that's listening that's like, well, like, you know, that's sad, but I just don't really care about animals. Because I know I, I, I think about this a lot because I have some friends that are, like, not compelled when they hear about, like, animal abuse. Like, they just – they don't like having pets or anything like that. And it's, like, I am, like, the opposite. I totally love all animals. So, for me, hearing about this, it's it's very easy to be, like, yes, why wouldn't we all be cruelty-free? But have you ever had anybody that, that, you know, just didn't really care about animals that much? And, like, what would you say to that person? Yeah, that's definitely heartbreaking that people actually say that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that don't care about animals and they're not afraid to tell you, Um, Mm -hmm. which is sad. It's very sad because if I could just say one thing to those people, it would be, like, who who do you think you are, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. we are living on this planet with who knows how many other species, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that something that that we as humans perceive ourselves as the only thing that is worth anything on this earth. Like Mm -hmm. the world revolves around the human race. Mm -hmm. And 
you just have to step back from that because no, it does not. We are Mm -hmm. a very minute part of this entire world. Yeah. Like whether or not the human race is on earth is not going to destroy the planet if we're not here. We're destroying the planet by being here. So you just need to take a step back and remember that you're not the only important thing on the planet. And Mm -hmm. we have to coexist with these other species and these other animals. After all, we're just an animal ourselves. Mm -hmm. You you have to make the connection with what hits home to you as well. Like, there may be people out there who hate animals, who hate pets. But, I mean, hopefully you don't hate yourself. Right. Think about yourself. What would you want in a situation if you were being force-fed nasty chemicals and things that haven't been proven to be safe yet? How would you feel Mm -hmm. if someone was doing that to you? Probably not very good. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be open-minded to realizing that there's a lot of other important things on this earth than just you. Oh, I agree 100%. That was that was such a good response because I feel like, I mean, you know, especially if people have any kind of like belief system or like faith or anything like that, like I believe in God and like I believe that God put us here, but also like created the planet and created animals and like not just like you said, like not just to revolve around us. Like I think he cares about all of his creatures and all of his creations and that's why we should care right. about like taking better care of our oceans and you know and of our forests and of the animals that are here and I don't know. I I I just I'm totally on the same page with you. I agree. <laughs> yeah. And I mean even from a different perspective, I'm not religious and I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with politics or anything like that that could Mm -hmm. skew it one way or the other. It's just, it just is what it is. And you just have to become educated on what we're doing. And I mean, just think about it this way. Like we're told as consumers to consult a doctor if you swallow mouthwash or something. Why is it that we are told to consult a doctor and over here animals are being force fed that Listerine sure. before we even get to use it. And it's just like, you know, like getting shampoo in your eyes. That stings. Well, it yeah. stings for the animals too. If it stings for us, if it hurts us, it's also hurting them before the product even gets to us. And yeah. so we just we just have to make that connection. And that's all you can really just educate people on and hopefully they take it with an open mind. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, what would you say is like are the effects of animal testing like obviously the effects on the animals are the biggest thing and it's very tragic and I feel like if you have you know like an ounce of compassion in your body all you need to do is like see a picture or a video and you'll be like oh yeah I do not want to support that like even if you don't like animals like you know or want to cuddle with animals all the time like I think just being a human you would see that and be like yeah that's that's kind of terrible but um, what are the other effects, like, on us and on our planet of animal testing? I, w- I mean, I would just say the animals are the biggest thing. I guess this might be a stretch, but if you think about it, animal testing really could be a gateway towards other animal abuse and what we see every day of people abusing their dogs or their cats or their own pets of anything. And it's ju- it's just adding to the cruelty of the world. Okay, so we've talked quite a bit about you know the problem of animal testing and hopefully you know tug the people's heartstrings a little bit to see that this is an issue that matters but I do want to talk about how we get to be part of the solution in becoming cruelty-free like living a cruelty-free lifestyle which 
I love that as a solution because I think it's getting so, so, so easy nowadays. But if people haven't thought about cruelty-free before, like how would you define that to them? So I would define cruelty-free as not being a part of animal testing in any way, shape, or form. So if a brand is considered cruelty-free, they do not conduct animal testing themselves. They do not hire a third party to conduct animal testing for them. They ensure that their ingredient suppliers do not test on animals, and they do not sell an animal in, they do not sell in countries where animal testing is required by law. That is the leaping bunny standard for declaring a brand to be cruelty free. And then what I do to take it a step further is the brand must also not be owned by a parent company that tests on animals. Okay, I see. All right, just with that, when we're talking about cruelty-free, is that always going to be that little Leaping Bunny um, logo that says cruelty-free, or are there other certifications that brands can get? Yeah, so brands can get a Choose Cruelty-Free logo, which is the Australian certification. They can get Leaping Bunny, and they can also get a PETA-certified cruelty-free status. Now, this is where the term cruelty-free can become problematic because the term cruelty-free is not regulated. There's no legal definition of what cruelty-free means. So PETA has their own set of standards. Leaving Bunny has their own set of standards. And Choose Cruelty-Free has their own set of standards. And then there are cruelty-free bloggers who, like myself, may have a different standard as well. So that's where it can get kind of tricky. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm sure your blog has more information on that too with what we can look for. And there's so many online resources. But just for people that are like beginning, starting out, how would you say like how should people transition to cruelty-free? Like is it something that you think is hard to do? I know I said I feel like it's very easy. What would you say? First of all, I would tell them, or I would ask them, what do they mean by their definition of cruelty-free? Just because there are many different approaches to it. And the reason why I started Free the Bunnies is because I didn't think that there was a resource out there that gave me any information on cruelty-free brands that met my definition of cruelty-free. The reason why I take it one step further in the fact that the parent company must also be cruelty-free to the brand in order to declare it as a cruelty-free brand is because when you mm-hmm. when you buy a product, a portion of your money is going to that parent company. And it just comes down to whether or not you're okay with that. There are different approaches on it. There's either I don't mind because I want to show that parent company that cruelty-free is in demand or there's the side of I don't want to fund any part of cruel or any part of animal testing, so I don't want the parent company getting my money, so I'm not going to support that brand. So for someone who's starting out and wants to transition to cruelty free, I would say that those are your two options. Do what you're comfortable with, and um, there are many resources online as well that talk about cruelty free brands who. They incorporate cruelty-free brands who are owned by parent companies that test on animals. And that's totally okay. That's just not what I 
personally want in my cruelty-free lifestyle. So yeah, if someone is like me and they want to be 100% cruelty-free down to the parent company, not testing on animals, then I would say definitely check out my website because that's a good starting point. That's where I started is by creating that website and just doing the research for you. And every single brand on there is 100% cruelty-free. There are zero ties to animal testing to Mm -hmm. any brand that's on my website. Mm -hmm. So I would start there and then just take it one step at a time. I mean, your makeup bag and your bathroom is maybe filled with products in there and you don't just want to throw it all away and go buy everything Mm -hmm. because one you'll get burnt out you'll think that it's not worth it and two it's not realistic the brands that you've already purchased already have your money they're not going to know that you threw away their product half full because you're going to start a cruelty-free lifestyle now i would say as you run out of one product just replace it with a cruelty-free alternative that's on my website. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And I feel like part of the reason it's not that hard is because, like, for one, if a brand is cruelty-free, like, they're going to proudly market that. So it's usually on the back of the product or whatever. And that's what I look for. But I get what you're saying of, like, you also should maybe look into, you know, what bigger company are you supporting? And are they as a whole cruelty-free? But like you said, like that's online, like that I've done a ton of quick Google searches, like in the store when I'm trying to decide between a product or whatever. So it's not, it's like, it's not that hard to find out if you just are willing to take a second to look into it. And, you know, maybe having your blog on standby isn't a bad idea when you know you're going to go cosmetic shopping or whatever. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely. There are definitely brands who have the cruelty-free logo on the back of their bottles, which is super, super helpful. I have run into Mm -hmm. issues with PETA before in the sense that I don't think that they're very strict on their regulations. Um, There are brands who are PETA-certified cruelty-free who also sell in China. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to make it sound super difficult here. But yeah, so I've had issues with PETA and brands who sell in China that are PETA-certified cruelty-free. There are also brands who state the words not tested on animals on the back of their bottles. And while that may be true for their final product, that gives them the right to put that because it's technically true. Okay. But you have to dig deeper than that. You can't just... If I I had another piece of advice, I would tell everyone who is looking to become cruelty-free, do not take their brand's word for it and do your own research because I mean, don't get me wrong. There are so many brands who will proudly announce that they're cruelty free and they really are. But there are also brands who say they're cruelty free when they're really not. And I think it's because there's a lot of pressure from the cruelty free community to push brands to become cruelty free and stop condoning and animal testing. Yeah. So they're just, they're trying to do whatever they can to enter that market, but also have the best of both worlds. And That's not okay. And I mean, more and more brands are doing it because they can and there's nothing regulating it. But yeah, you just have to do your own research. And that's exactly what I did when I started my website and blog. So yeah. Yeah. And and in addition to that, even though there are brands who clearly label that they're Leaping Bunny certified cruelty free on the back of their bottles, that makes it so easy. 
But in addition yeah. to that, there are so many brands who don't have that logo on the back of their bottles, and but they're still cruelty-free, and I still use their products because mm-hmm. it, it does cost money to get that logo stamped on your bottles. Sure, um, and yeah. some brands might just not want to pay for it or they're too small to where they feel that it's not worth the investment mm-hmm. at this time. Yeah. So in addition to the Leaving Bunny logo, that's the only logo that I would fully trust. And then you just have to see if their parent company is cruelty-free or not. And like I said, okay. all the Leaving Bunny certified brands are on my website that have parent companies that are also cruelty-free or they're independently owned. And I mean, even though I ha- seem to have the strictest strictest guidelines for declaring a brand as cruelty-free, it's still amazing to see how many brands still make it on my website and still make it in my cruelty-free database. Yeah, It really is possible to just have zero ties to animal testing, and it's wonderful. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's really cool. I would definitely recommend to anybody, like, just browse that list. Like, we'll make sure, I'll make sure to put a link to that um, information on your website specific, specifically. But yeah, just like browse the site the next time you know you're going to be getting some cosmetic products and figure out what brands are on there. I mean, chances are you probably already like have a couple brands on that list that you like. Yeah, you know, and then And then you just know what brands to go look for while you're in the store. And that makes it so easy. Like if you just know like, oh, I'm looking for this brand specifically, like let's see what makeup options they have or whatever. I feel like that makes it so easy. And when in doubt, like, yeah, just do a quick Google Google search while you're at the store or look for the Leaping Bunny certification. But, you know, if you just do a little bit of research, just a little bit of reading on the front end, it's going to make life a lot easier. And then most like, I feel like most people get into a routine with their beauty products anyways. So it's like, then you just know exactly what you're looking for every time you go purchase it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I started a couple of years ago and it's so easy for me now. Yeah. I know exactly what brands are cruelty free and I know what I like. And I just, I don't even think about it that much anymore because mm-hmm. it's like just my go-to, you know, like, oh, I love this brand. It's cruelty free. I use it all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you shared that because I have maybe just been relying on reading the back of bottles too much and should do like a little bit more research before I go. But you have all the information available, so you've made it very easy. Okay, so what what would you say is like the impact that shopping cruelty-free has? Like what, how does this help to resolve the problem? It's all about voting with your dollar. Mm-hmm. Brands don't always listen to words, but they'll listen to profit. And that's oh, just... Yeah the biggest thing that you can take away from why you buy cruelty-free is because if a brand is not making money, they will do whatever they can to make money. Yeah. And we've seen it already. Brands trying to enter the cruelty-free market because of the pressure and Mm -hmm. brands making moves like CoverGirl. CoverGirl became Leaping Bunny certified cruelty-free. And that is the biggest achievement so far that I've seen in the cruelty-free movement. They are the largest cosmetics brand to ever become Leaping Bunny certified cruelty-free. And that just speaks volumes for its competitors like Revlon, Maybelline, L'Oreal. It's time to step up to the plate. And I think that they're eventually going to get there because why not buy CoverGirl now? If you're someone who doesn't mind that CoverGirl is owned by a parent company that tests on animals still then it's a great option for you. They are owned by Cody Brands, who is not cruelty-free, 
But I mean, even for all of the consumers that don't necessarily buy CoverGirl because it's cruelty-free, they've just always used it. I mean, mm-hmm. they're now using a cruelty-free brand and they don't even know. It's mm-hmm. it's just truly amazing. And I don't think that we could have gotten there if we didn't bring all this awareness and we didn't vote with our dollar. For sure, for sure. And, and like with those brands, like if you are – you know, just looking for some cheap mascara or whatever, and you can choose between CoverGirl and L'Oreal, and you know that CoverGirl is cruelty-free, like, why wouldn't you just go with that brand? Because, you know, there's not a huge difference in their products, I feel like, and you're, like you said, voting with your dollar. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, okay, so you had told me about that there were some issues that people are facing in the cruelty-free movement. So what, what do you think listeners need to know about that and like how they can maybe help to be part of the solution? Um, I think that the biggest issue that we're facing is brands loosely using the term cruelty-free, okay. which I've kind of already touched on. I mean, you've got yeah. brands who write not tested on animals on the back of their bottles when mm-hmm. even though that's true for the final product, they're still not a cruelty-free brand. Also, with all of the news that's been coming out about China and animal practices there, there are some organizations who, you know, they read the headlines and they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I have to, have to, have to share this. But Mm -hmm. they don't have all the facts and then false news gets spread around and it even draws even more confusion in what's safe and what's not safe to use if you're cruelty free. So to help resolve this, I would just, before you share anything, do your research, find someone who does the research for you that you can trust and don't believe the first headline you read and just share it away. Because like, for example, myself, I always do the research and I share it with my followers. I share it with my audience and I don't open my mouth until I know all the facts because I've seen what false news can do in the cruelty-free community. And it creates a lot of false hope. And it creates these ideas that, oh, I can go buy a MAC lipstick now. Well, no, it was not as black and white as people were perceiving it to be. And it's like MAC's still not a cruelty-free brand. So Mm -hmm. just things like that. Those are the issues that we're facing. And I would just say, do your research. Go to someone you trust. And before you believe something to be true, just make sure that you definitely know first. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Okay, what would you say, are there any stereotypes you feel like, or just like misunderstandings, when, like when you talk about being cruelty-free that you would want to address? Uh, this one I've heard so many times, and it is cruelty-free products aren't as good or won't work. And... That's just not true. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, even someone who's not cruelty-free probably has cruelty-free products in their makeup bag. Mm -hmm. I did before I went cruelty-free. I used Botanics. They're a cruelty-free drugstore brand owned by Boots, who is also cruelty-free. I used Derma-E. They're 100% cruelty-free and vegan. I've used Wet n' Wild. They're 100% cruelty-free. So, like, things like that just brands that I didn't even know I used that were cruelty-free and so many people use them. High-end brands like Anastasia Beverly Hills, they're 100% cruelty-free and that is one of the largest prestige makeup brands that Alta sells. And so 
cruelty-free products are everywhere. They are just as good and they will work as good, if not better, than some of the non-cruelty-free makeup you're using. Sure. That's a good one. I bet a lot of people were wondering that. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like um, like when I've interviewed people about like slow fashion or, you know, just conscious shopping. It's like, okay, we're not just talking about like super hippie-ish, like granola type products. Like this can be some brands that you wouldn't even know, you know, like that don't look any different than what the big stores are selling, but they are a, an ethical company. Like kind of like, um, like Adidas and Nike, like to me, their products are very similar, but one's ethical and one isn't really. And so it's like, you know, we're not just talking about these all natural like products that you buy at the farmer's market for your beauty, but you know, it's big name brands that have products that like you said, a lot of people probably already trust. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what about, would you say is this, and I probably should have asked this at the beginning to engage our male listeners more, but would you say, is this like just for women or just for people that wear makeup or who do you think the cruelty free movement applies to? It applies to everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean men, women, children, babies, and even pets. There are 100% cruelty-free brands for women. We all know that. Makeup and skincare, etc. But men use shampoo. They use body wash. Mm-hmm. They use shaving products. They use toothpaste. They use deodorant. They use cologne. Those are just some of the things that are cruelty-free as well. I mean, it's less popular i think amongst the male population but there are still cruelty free products available to men as well as much as women i try to incorporate that a little bit um, by promoting some cruelty free brands for men on my instagram stories Mm -hmm. because i think it's equally important in the sense that yes i have all of these women following me but They might have boyfriends or spouses or significant others or even family members who are male and they can pass information down to them if they want as well. Babies, pets, and children, same thing goes. Um, There are so many cruelty-free brands out there for babies, such as basically any hygienic needs for babies, as well as diapers and things like that. And then pets, grooming products, things like that are also cruelty-free out there too. Yeah, that's interesting. I really hadn't thought about, I I was just thinking more like adults, but you're right that there's a lot of ways that we can think about it and cleaning products, you know, like even, exactly. is that, is that something that they test on animals too, is cleaning products? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. There are definitely cruelty-free alternatives to cleaning products as well. Household cleaners, dish soap, laundry detergent, dishwasher detergent, everything. Okay, awesome. So a lot of a lot of areas in our lives, no matter, you know, what gender we are or whatever that or what age we are, that we can look for cruelty free, which um, that kind of transitions into the next thing I wanted to talk about. You're in general. I mean, obviously, cruelty free is like your biggest passion, but in general, just interested in talking about products that are good for us and good for the planet. And so with clean beauty, um, I just wanted you to touch briefly on that and kind of tell people what it is. And I think it ties really well into what we've been talking about because it's like a lot of times those harsh products that, you know, are having to be tested on animals are having to be tested on because they have so many chemicals in them. But I feel like clean beauty kind of solves that problem naturally in a way. So would you just like kind of define what clean beauty is for people and why that matters? 
Yeah, so Clean Beauty is usually their beauty products that are produced without any proven or suspected toxic ingredients. So like you said, most of the time, clean beauty products are not required to be tested on animals because they're naturally, the ingredients are naturally occurring in the earth, as well as usually clean beauty products have ingredients that are ethically sourced and Mm -hmm. are made with the environment in mind. So they're Mm -hmm. a very eco-friendly option. And that's on top of also not being tested on animals. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I prefer too. And um, like I told you, I want to interview someone more on that topic in and of itself, like just the toxin free living movement, because that's becoming pretty big too. But that's just my preference is to look for like clean beauty products. And usually those brands, a lot of times they end up being like smaller companies, which is nice. But then usually they're not testing on animals either because there's just no need to because it's like not these weird ingredients. So exactly. that's kind of my preference for approaching it. So. Yeah, and there are, I mean, we have our own little small cruelty-free community of girls that I talk to about different topics in the cruelty-free realm on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And there are a few people within our small little group that focus mainly on clean beauty as well. And mm-hmm. I think that it, it is really important and it's something that I'm trying to incorporate into my routine more just mm-hmm. because not only is it good for the environment, it's also good for our bodies. Because if you think about it, yeah. what we put on our skin enters our bloodstream because, I mean, skin is our largest organ. And if you put it on your body, it gets in your body. And it also, when you wash it off or when you wash it down the drain, it gets back into the environment. So it's definitely something that we all could be doing a little bit more with. Yeah, that's so true. I hadn't really thought of that. So you're very right. With that, my listeners have gotten to hear a little bit about zero waste. I've interviewed a couple people like on sustainable living and whatnot and the problems we're facing with waste in, in our world. So as far as cosmetics... I mean, you know, you can think about all the ways it relates. And if you follow, like, any kind of zero-waste people on Instagram, you'll quickly see that so much waste. I think most people focus on, like, the kitchen and the bathroom because that's where we just throw a lot of stuff away. And especially, like, with the bathroom, they're, like, most makeup is coming in little plastic tubes and, you know, most body washes in a plastic bottle and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of plastic waste and whatnot there. What would you recommend or is there anything else you want to say about like, you know, thinking about being less wasteful with cosmetics and how do you recommend that people, you know, try to approach being a little bit more conscious with that? Um, I think that clean beauty is definitely a great option because most of the time clean beauty products come in recyclable packaging or packaging that's already been recycled. And Mm -hmm. in general, I would just pay attention to what your makeup comes in and if it comes in a glass jar that's great that's recyclable if it's makeup cleansing wipes do you really need makeup cleansing wipes or are they just convenient could you use a facial cleanser instead or you could look at are your facial wipes biodegradable botanics i i use facial cleansing wipes from botanics because they're 100 percent biodegradable so even though you're throwing things away it's still it's not going to end up on the planet for years and years. It's going to decompose. And I feel like that's safer to yeah. use than 
one that's filled with toxic chemicals that's gonna just sit in a landfill for hundreds of years you know yeah Yeah, I would just if you're trying to be conscious about it I would just pay attention to your packaging and recycle it as much as you can there are plenty of clean beauty brands that have recyclable packaging and it's something that I'm seeing become more prominent in the cruelty-free industry Mm -hmm. and yeah I think I think our biggest problem that we're facing with waste in beauty is packaging yeah yeah so just thinking about you know like even the little wrappers that things come in like is that gonna end up in in the trash or can you recycle it and looking for more options that can go in the recycle bin right and then what about vegan beauty so like that you know people might see that on packaging especially of those more natural products where it's certified vegan how is that different than cruelty free yeah so this question this is a very good question because i see so much confusion around this um so it's good to clarify so cruelty free strictly looks at whether or not the product was tested on animals for safety concerns vegan beauty is beauty products that don't contain any animal byproducts. Okay. Just as if you were eating a vegan breakfast or if you were eating a vegan meal, there are no animal byproducts in that. Vegan beauty is the same way. There are no animal byproducts. Some people believe that a brand cannot be cruelty-free unless it is also vegan, which is definitely okay. Um, It makes sense that people feel that way because you're not exactly getting the animal byproduct in in an eco-friendly or ethical way. So I definitely see their perspective on that. Mm -hmm. But there's also a lot of frustration with people like that because, I mean, that they get frustrated seeing that brands are being certified cruelty-free when they're not vegan. And they are technically different. So you'll definitely have to look out for both if you're someone who wants to be cruelty-free and also vegan. Okay. And is there, do you think there's any reason, like, if somebody was like, well, I don't eat vegan, so that doesn't matter to me. Like, is there any reason beyond just wanting to be vegan that you would look for vegan products? Like, are there health benefits to it? Or is it kind of just personal preference? I think that it's just personal preference. Um, I have always tried to be vegan in my lifestyle as much as possible. So even though I'm not technically 100% vegan, I do look for vegan beauty products and fashion pieces because why not? I mean, yeah. really, why not? It's one, it's one more thing that you're helping. Mm-hmm. It's one less animal that's dying for you. It's, yeah, just do as much as you can. I mean, there's absolutely no reason not to choose cruelty-free and vegan in your makeup, even if you're not a vegan or even a vegetarian. It's like, if you eat meat, that's nice for you, but there's still other things that you can do without giving up meat, or there's other things that you can do to help animals in some way. Totally. I like that point. And last, I wanted to ask you, like, how would you recommend that people do look for, like, usually the vegan products will say vegan on them, but how would you recommend people look for, like, just the clean beauty products in general? Because that's one thing that can be really tricky as a consumer where I feel like we're very easily fooled. Like if this package is like brown and green, we're going to be like, oh, that one's more natural, even though it might, it might not be or whatever. And, and it can be hard too, because it's not always as simple as reading an ingredients label because 
you know, there might be ingredients we don't recognize, but that doesn't mean they're not, you know, that doesn't mean they're toxic, right? Right. So what would be your recommendation for people? So a nice thing about this is that Sephora is really nice in the fact that they stamp clean at Sephora on their products that they sell. So that's a really nice tool. Also, if you don't shop at Sephora, I don't shop at Sephora because they're, I've never been around a Sephora. I don't know why, but I've just never lived where there's been a Sephora (laughs) nearby. It's always been Ulta. And so at Ulta, it is a little bit trickier, but they do have a natural beauty section. So that is helpful as well. And more times than not, if the brand is clean, they will say that they're clean. Mm -hmm. They'll have it on their website. They'll have it on their packaging, even like Dermy. They're a completely vegan, cruelty-free, eco-friendly, sustainable, gluten-free, completely clean brand. And you know it because it's all over their packaging. So, And a lot of those... Uh, like I feel like a lot of stores now do have a little natural section even if you don't shop at Ulta or whatever or you're just looking for like bath products a lot of stores have now the time some of them are very tiny but a little area where they're like oh these are the natural products yeah so Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not it's not too hard like even you know some of the grocery stores have those and I know Target does that so yeah once I make my way to that little section I'm like oh yeah and then I recognize brands and I'm like yeah I this is good. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even Target, like they have one of the nicest natural beauty sections. And, and you can tell right away that when you walk by that section, it's all clean beauty because usually the ingredients list, whether or not the ingredients are organic or naturally derived, or there are definitely telltale signs that can tell you whether or not the makeup or skincare brand is clean. I, ha- I have seen mm-hmm. that skincare is more more focused on clean beauty than makeup in terms of being in stores, but there's nothing that stops you from, you know, just getting on their website because the website will tell you. And a lot of times, like you said, those little sections, they also end up being like less wasteful packaging and no animal testing and that kind of stuff. Like a lot of times it ends up you're, you're and you're supporting like a small business a lot of times it's like you can kill a lot of birds with one stone in those yeah places. definitely they're very easy and usually yeah. the brands are pretty sustainable yeah for sure okay so if you could pick one main message that you want listeners to walk away with today what would that be if you're someone who has a cruelty-free lifestyle or is looking to transition to a cruelty-free lifestyle just remember that there's a lot of pressure on brands to enter the cruelty-free market so you have to take what they say with a grain of salt and whether or not they're cruelty free do your research find someone you trust and lean on them if you need to to get answers because they'll be more than happy to help and figuring out cruelty free options for you and when in doubt just have your your blog on bookmarked on your website browser (laughs) so you can just check that for a quick right yeah i mean (laughs) there's a cruelty free there's a the ultimate list cruelty-free brands of 2019. It has every single 100% cruelty-free brand on there that you will find in stores and online. And when in doubt, just look at that list because those are your 100% cruelty-free brands out there. Okay, awesome. I can't wait to look at it. So a couple fun questions for you. Who is someone that you look up to as a role model? See, I've gotten this question a lot throughout my life, as most people do. And I've never really had a good answer before, but just recently, so I come from a family who's not like the 
closest or the tightest knit. And I mean, every family has their problems and we had our own. But I think that honestly, these past few years, I think that my dad has just been kind of just like a breath of fresh air. And he's definitely taught me some things at this point in my life where he he knows this. He used to not be the best person. And even at 54, or like this happened a couple years ago, he realized like, why don't I just try to be a better person, you know? And he turned over a new leaf and he's pretty much the person that I've always wanted him to be. And for him to do that at 54 years old, three quarters of the way done with life, it just shows you that it's never too late to become the person that you've always wanted to be. It's never too late to make a change in your life for the better, you know? Aw, that's so nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's a nice breath of fresh air. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's interesting because I don't know, I didn't really see it coming. So it was really nice. Yeah, that's so sweet. I like that. Okay, what about, what would you say is the most impactful book that you've read? Okay, I was thinking about this question a lot, and I debated on whether or not to say it, because (laughs) there's just a swear word in it, and I don't know if we're, like, supposed to swear on your podcast or not. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. People have done it before, so you're fine. (laughs) Okay, well, the most impactful book that I've read recently that I can think of is called Unfuck Yourself by Gary John Bishop. I'm not sure if you've heard of that book before, but a lot of people have. You haven't? No, it's not okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a really good book. I do like reading self help self help books because, I mean, you can always better yourself. You know, like there's always room for improvement, and yeah. sometimes you just need like that third party. Even though, like, even even though it's in a book yeah. and they don't know you and they didn't write it for you, it's like you can still connect with it. You know, and you can still better yourself from reading it. So, unfuck yourself is basically about getting out of your head and not listening to the negative thoughts that you think about yourself in order to give yourself the life that you've always wanted, such as like some examples that I've really been touched by is like going to the gym. You talk yourself out of going to the gym so much because you think to yourself, why does it matter, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not unhealthy. I I just want to sit and watch TV. Like, who cares, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, okay, you're not like that's just your negative thoughts. But in reality, like, it's always good to exercise. You just need to get up and moving. And sometimes we're like, well, I'm just lazy, so I'm not going to do it. And it's like, well, you're not lazy. Your mind is just telling you you're lazy. So you are not your thoughts. You are what you do. Is kind of the moral of the story there. And it's just really awesome to hear that. And it's like a lot of the examples that he's talked about in that book, I can relate to 100%. And I feel like every single person could relate to it just because it's like, when have you, I mean, everyone's had negative thoughts about themselves in some way about whether or not they can do something about whether or not they should do something or why something matters to them. And it's just like, you need to put those thoughts behind you and go after what you really want in life. And I think that that can even tie into cruelty-free a little bit too. Like if someone's out there really wanting to become a vegetarian or really wanting to live a cruelty-free lifestyle, but they think it's too hard and it's not for them mm-hmm. or that they won't be able to do it, you have to do it anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and your actions will prove that you can do it. Your thoughts were just telling you that you couldn't. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm with you that I like reading self-help books. They're very eye-opening for me. Are you a Brene Brown fan at all? No, I don't think I've read any of their books. Okay. Apparently, I'm, like, very behind the times, I feel like, because I feel like everybody is obsessed with her, but we're, for actually, for a small group that I'm doing with my church, um, we got one of her books, and it's not, like, a faith-based book or anything, but it's just super popular, so we're reading it together. It's called Daring Greatly, so I'm very excited to explore because, yeah, I feel like I'm really behind in the fact that I haven't read anything of hers so <laughs> there's recommendation for you if you're looking for oh well thank you I will, really good. i'll definitely have to look into her books i i know one thing that i've realized when i've read self-help books is that you you have to connect with the author otherwise it's not gonna yeah. be very helpful for you yeah and one thing that i've really liked about on yourself is that i mean even though i relate to it i still feel like every single person could relate to it it's not yeah yeah geared towards a specific group or a specific um time in your life it's just it's just life in general and everyone i think everyone could benefit from reading that book it's it's really good that's a good recommendation i'm writing that one down (laughs) do you have any recommendations of things that people need to watch or listen to like documentaries or podcasts or anything like that that you've heard lately i don't really listen to things that much i've watched some documentaries and movies. Um, most of them that I could like recommend that is impactful is just like historical fiction or things that are based on true stories, just to build your knowledge on different cultures and build your knowledge on history and you know become more well-rounded overall. One documentary that mm-hmm. I definitely recommend to anyone who is not quite that sensitive to animal abuse or animal cruelty yet, but is looking to transition to a cruelty-free yeah. lifestyle, but is just waiting for that, you know, like that spark to hit. I would definitely watch Farm to Fridge. It's a documentary about commercial farming and really just dives right into what it's all about and the good, the bad, the ugly, mostly the bad and the ugly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that documentary is really what was it for me. That was the last thing that I saw before I was like, you know what, I cannot support that anymore. And it's just what did it for me. It's what I realized that we're doing to animals for our own personal benefit. And and it's really interesting to see because once you make that commitment, it's strange how sensitive you become on watching animals get hurt. Like, granted, like no one wants to see animals get hurt at all, but it just intensified for me so much more after creating this cruelty-free lifestyle because you just really gain a lot of compassion for animals and you just want to help them the best that you can by continuing to weed out the things that contribute to the cruelty in the world. Okay, that's good to know. I haven't heard of that one. It's really interesting because I, before I went vegetarian and cruelty-free, I watched so many of those videos and I could I could actually bear to watch them. And it was just informational. It was like, oh, so that's what happens. Okay, that's bad. But after watching Farm to Fridge, that just, like, did it for me. And now I can't watch that, like, yeah. at all. It's insane how I even tolerated watching it. Like, 
I cringe and look away. Like, I, I can't even set my eyes on it. It's crazy how more compassionate you become. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what about any recommendations? Obviously, you know a lot of good brands and products for people. And it it doesn't have to be a cosmetic brand. It could be something else. But any that you're really loving lately that you want to recommend to people? Yeah. So, I mean, I can go on and on about cosmetics and skincare. There's so many good brands out there. Um, and you can find a lot of my favorites on my Instagram at Free the Bunny's Life. But one thing that I do want to talk about today is laundry detergent and dishwasher dishwasher detergent because not a lot of people make that connection that your dishwasher detergent and your laundry detergent were tested on animals usually cruelty free is around makeup and skincare Mm -hmm. those are the big hitters but one brand that i've really been loving for laundry and dishes is this brand called drops d-r-o-p-p-s Okay. This brand called Drops, they have dishwasher detergent pods, like the Tide Pods. Mm-hmm. They have dishwasher detergent pods and laundry detergent pods, like the Tide Pods. So I've used them in my dishwasher, and they have used the dishwasher detergent pods in my dishwasher, and they work phenomenally. They are the perfect dishwasher detergent replacement Um, cruelty-free alternative and they also work really well their laundry pods also work really well and they also have um, dryer balls they also have scent boosters that would be your fabric softener they have all sorts of things and they're all pet safe and kids safe it's truly a remarkable brand I can't recommend them enough their products are so good and they're so easy yeah and even on top of it all the package comes in cardboard so it's fully recyclable and their I mean their dryer balls eliminate the use for dryer sheets which are a more sustainable yeah. practice so overall I can't recommend them enough they're a great brand that's awesome okay that's good to know I have I have been using like some really good brands that I like as far as like those kinds of cleaning products but I have not heard of that one and I'm very intrigued. So I'm definitely going to check that one out. Yeah. And I think that they're fairly new. Um, Otherwise they might just be finally getting the word out there. Um, I discovered them on Instagram. I, when I was trying to find new sustainable ways to do your laundry and actually post. So on my Instagram, I do sustainable Saturdays sometimes just to kind of, you know, get the word out that and bring awareness that we should be more sustainable in our lives. And I talked about drops and everyone absolutely loved it. I do have a coupon code if anyone wants it. It is on my Instagram if, if anyone wants to try it out. But I definitely love them. Yeah. I was so excited when I saw them and I bought some. I can't recommend them enough. They're just, I mean, I'm just so happy that I found an, a cruelty-free alternative that works so well. It's really good. Okay, that's really good to know. I like that. Um, Do you get it online? Is that normally where you? Yeah, I just order it online at drops.com. There's it's D R O P P S. There are two P's. Okay, perfect. That's good to know. Awesome. Okay, and then how can people find you on Instagram and whatever other ways you want to share to connect with you? Yeah. So my website is www.freethebunnies.com. 
where I have a number of cruelty-free resources, including shopping guides for specific stores, cruelty-free brand lists, as well as the latest cruelty-free news, like like China's cruelty-free animal testing updates, new brands becoming cruelty-free certified, that type of thing. Freethebunnies.com is going to be your number one resource when you go out shopping. What brands can you buy that are 100% cruelty-free? And then you can also find me on my Instagram. My handle is at freethebunniesLife. And that's where I do a lot more of product reviews to tell you not only about cruelty-free brands that the beauty industry has, but also how they perform, which I think ties really nicely into the overall um, realm of living a cruelty-free lifestyle. You've got what brands you can buy as well as how their products perform. Okay, cool. That's awesome. That's so good to know. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time just sharing all this info with us today and and your time like doing all the research so that we can just have a quick reference of, you know, making sure we're buying products that we agree with and um, that aren't harmful to others. I think you've made it very easy for people and I I know I appreciate that and hopefully hopefully everybody else can see that this is important and, you know, can appreciate the resources you put together too. So thank you for sharing about that. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. I am so passionate about cruelty-free beauty and lifestyle. It probably came off so apparent (laughs) during this (laughs) podcast. And yeah, I just, I always want to share and spread the word out there. And I think that what you're doing is amazing. And even asking me to talk to you today about how, other people can join in on this lifestyle and make a difference. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm so glad that you came on and that you shared with us because, yeah, we definitely need more people on board of this movement and more education around it. So um, so keep doing what you're doing because it's awesome and it's very needed. And, and I, too, didn't mention, like, I totally recommend that everybody go follow you. And I think kind of like how we were talking about misconceptions with cruelty-free, like, you are really good at like doing makeup like you post some pictures of your makeup and how you do it and you're very good at it and I think that will help people to see like yeah this is not just for like hippy dippy like you know all natural people like you know this can be for everybody and and too like we said not just for people that wear makeup like for everybody so yeah um, definitely yeah make sure to go check you out on Instagram because I have appreciated following you and um, just getting tips from you. It's been super helpful. So thanks for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that I was able to help you. And I'm always appreciative of anyone who says that I'm helpful because it just makes me feel like like I'm needed, you know? Like yeah, I, I just want to – it's not about, like, popularity or it's not about who can be the best because, I mean, I know there are so many cruelty-free bloggers out there. And I think it's all wonderful. I mean, there's so many people in this world. I mean, we can we can share the platform. There are so many people that know about other cruelty-free bloggers but don't know about me. And there are people who know about me but not other cruelty-free bloggers. And so it's just mm-hmm. just touching as many people as you can and helping as many people as you can no matter. It's just really good to hear that my resources are helpful, and I'm really, really thankful for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I am thankful that you put in the time to do it. Because it is helpful. So thank you for what you do. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks again for having me. 
Okay, so here's what I want to know. Do you use laundry detergent? Do you use lotion? Do you use baby diapers? Do you use window cleaner? If you use any of these products or anything similar, then I told you this conversation was for you. I hope you can see that this cruelty-free conversation extends way beyond makeup and cosmetics and really can be all of a part of our lives. If you're like me, hearing Stephanie talk about the description of what exactly goes on with animal testing is sort of cringeworthy. Makes me sad to hear and I really don't like talking about it, but I do think it's important to think about these things rather than choosing to be willfully ignorant. As you heard, animal testing still takes place all over the globe and yet it's so unnecessary. We have so many other methods that we could use to test these products and make sure that they're safe. And if you weren't a fan of clean beauty before, I hope you are now. I really do want to have more conversations about toxin-free living, but it is really comforting to know when products that you're using don't even need to be tested on animals because the ingredients are known to be safe and naturally occurring. So who knew that cruelty-free could mean so many different things? I did not realize that looking at the back of a bottle and making sure it said not tested on animals wasn't enough. It makes sense that we can't always just trust what the brand is saying themselves because, as Stephanie mentioned, they're all about the marketing. But it's also good to know that there are a lot of resources out there, her blog being one of them. I've already used it several times since her and I chatted. It's super easy to navigate, it's in an alphabetical order, so I just have it bookmarked on my phone and that way when I'm at the store looking for a new product, I could just pull it up and do a quick search. It's super easy, super user friendly, and then you get into the habit of knowing what brands are safe, what brands you can trust, and what ones you should avoid. I really love Stephanie's response to my question of what would you say if someone says they don't care about animals. That kind of made me laugh out loud. I hope you see that this isn't just about animal rights, whether or not you believe in that, but it's even about our own health and the health of the planet. I really enjoyed this conversation because I felt like it was a continuation of the last episode I shared with Sadia where we talked about veganism and how animals really do have such an impact on our ecosystem. And so, yeah, it's not just always about animal rights, but it's about our own health, the health of the world, and all of these things are tied together. I also think it's really cool that these topics have a huge intersectionality with thinking about being eco-friendly. I really hadn't thought about how even just different skincare products that we're using or body washes that we're using in the shower. Like Stephanie said, those things, when they go on your skin, they're being absorbed by your bloodstream, but also they're being washed down the drain. There's so much to think about with every little purchase that we make. And like Stephanie said, voting with our dollar does make a difference. So many of the conversations that I have come back to this, voting with your dollar. Brands are not always going to listen to what we say, but they are going to listen to where the money lies. So think about that the next time you're out getting any kind of household cleaners or any kind of toiletry products. And like I said, do make sure you're following Stephanie, have her blog pulled up ready for you to search, and also give her a follow on Instagram because she posts tons of helpful tips and updates. When we recorded this conversation a few months ago, she mentioned Wet n Wild, and I recently saw on her Instagram that Wet n Wild is actually proven not to be cruelty-free. So it's important to stay up to date with that, and what I love is that she is doing all the research for us. That is the kind of Instagram account that I like to follow. Like I said, make sure you're following me too over there so that you can stay up to date with what's going on. You can find the links to everything we referenced, including her blog and the ultimate brand list of 2019 in the show notes or over on my website, www.heartfelthippie.com. Don't forget to leave a rating or a review for the show and make sure you're subscribed. Next month, I am talking to one of my new friends, Becky Straw from The Adventure Project. 
If you don't know what that is yet, don't worry, we're going to tell you all about it. I promise you're going to be a big fan and it might even have an impact on some of the Christmas shopping you do this year. So stay tuned for more and until next time, go check out Stephanie's blog, keep doing your own research, and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out!